Did you catch last week's episode with the Dragos? It was a phenomenal interview, but I cut halfway in. (laughs) I know, I know, but I wanted to bring you a part two. And today we are kind of diving in with Joy a little bit as she starts off today's broadcast talking about what it was like for her to really submit to the process of healing from betrayal trauma. So stay tuned. Hey beautiful, it's my birthday month and we are celebrating for the entire month of February. How you ask? We are getting ready to launch a brand new membership program just for you. So I have a few questions for you. Are you ready to heal from the devastation of his affair once and for all? Are you ready to leave behind the intrusive thoughts, get control of the triggers once and for all? Learn how to set those healthy boundaries, rebuild trust in yourself and others, and finally rise up as that confident woman that God has created you to be. And at the end of the day, leave all of the pain behind once and for all. Well, beautiful, if that's you, this membership is exactly what you've been looking for. This is going to only open twice a year. So we are opening the doors, swinging them wide open March the 11th, and we won't open again for quite a while, probably the end of summer. So you have the chance to get in on the wait list right now. And you're asking, how much is this going to cost? It's $37 a month. Yes, you heard me right, beautiful. We are celebrating my birthday and we are celebrating it right. So what do you get in this program? Well, first off, you get access to a private Facebook community where you can build your sisterhood for those of you who are looking to connect with community and heal with other women who are like-minded, going through the same thing that you are. You're also going to be given a proven roadmap to recovery. You're going to have weekly video sessions that are pre-recorded so you can go through them at a self-paced. You're going to have a brand new workbook that I just finished designing just for you, downloadable PDFs, support and accountability. You're going to also have a weekly Q&A live with me. Yes, it's going to be a coffee chat with Lisa once a week where you get to submit your questions and have them answered live weekly. You're also going to get a couple of bonuses. You're going to have access to my Devastated to Determined mini course to get you started and how to thrive through the holidays and not just survive after betrayal. You're going to get that workshop as well. All of this for $37 a month. So beautiful, don't wait. Like go below in the show notes, click on my website. You can go to lisalimehouse.com, click the work with me tab and go to the group membership program, get on the wait list, or I made it really easy. Below in the show notes, you'll see a little link that says membership. Click on there and get on the wait list. You want to do that now because I have some freebies coming and you'll get early access to this. Now, we open the doors March the 11th, so you don't want to delay. Get on the wait list so you can find out all the goodies and we can start journeying together to your recovery and see you healed once and for all from the devastation of his betrayal. Can't wait to see you on the inside. What about for you, Joy? You know, you had to submit to your own healing journey and healing from 
the trauma of betrayal is not an easy feat. There are so many that, that I end up having come to me that are 10, 15 years it happened that many years ago and it's been brushed under the rug. It's been denied for that long because they're like, every time it comes up, it feels too bad. I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to face it. And that's, that's the submission to the hard road of healing from that trauma, right? What was it like for you to submit to that healing process? Um, I think in a word, it, it was like a, a gentle invitation. It, um, I think very early on, um, I, I didn't feel, like I said, I didn't feel like there was um, a need to make a decision about whether I was going to leave or stay. But I did feel very quickly just God sort of inviting me and saying like, there's this opportunity here for forgiveness and it wasn't, uh, you know, forgiveness is different from reconciliation. So he wasn't saying like, this is the route, kind of like Josh said, it was very like, we're just going to start here and then we're going to take it a little at a time. And so it was, it was not a command or a demand. It was um, like a, a gentle invite into this journey with him, not with Josh, but with him. Yeah. And so he was inviting me in and um, he showed me the way every step. I didn't have, you know, a coach or, or um, a group initially, but I feel like he walked me each step of the way. And there was, you know, we didn't know what we were doing a lot of the time, <laughs> um, but the Holy Spirit led us. So I think um, a big part of that was just submitting to the Holy Spirit's leading which sometimes felt strange and um, uncomfortable, um, never like unsafe, but but still strange sometimes. Um, so, yeah, it was it was the best place to be, though. Um, mm -hmm. Sure. And you both had individual therapists mm -hmm. for doing your individual therapy work. But you also came together and and came together as a couple to work together as a couple as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So so with that, um, I always tell everyone that that is an important factor in your healing process because I'm a firm believer that you both need individual healing because you you have a different journey in your healing journey, right? Yeah. Both sides are different. But at the same time, if you don't eventually come into coupleship, then you're not going to be able to heal the relationship. There comes a time where that has to take place, right? So when you were going through individualized and you finally came together as a couple, was it difficult or did you find that doing some of that underlying individual therapy helped when you came together as a couple? Hmm. It's a good question. I think, uh, I mean, we were doing it, like you said, in conjunction all at the same time. Um, I had, after two years of, of uh, being in recovery, I had tallied it up and I put in about 1200 hours a year for the first two years. I mean, it, it was a part-time job for me. Yeah. And so going through all these, the, the therapies and the, the group setting and, um, marriage counseling, um, it, it all really worked to increase my emotional intelligence level quite a bit, but I think all of that is really powerful, 
but if you don't resolve the identity issue, all of it is for naught. Because my willingness to engage in conflict, healthy conflict with joy, or my my reluctance, I should say, was based on lies that I believed about myself. Mm-hmm. And so I had to fix that in order to be in healthy coupleship, like you said, with joy. Um, and so working on all of that at the same time, for me, was really helpful. Um, because I had really potent conversations in individual therapy, marriage counseling, and then in all the groups and with all the men that I was surrounding myself with where they would call different lies out and say, Hey, that's not how God wired you. That's not how God created you and speak truth into me. Um, and that helped me in the coupleship aspect. Still not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but. I think we're all a work in progress though. (laughs) You know, where you are in your relationship. I I think that we are all in the, in that process because the relationship of marriage is not about making one another happy, mm-hmm. but becoming holy, right? Mm-hmm. So we are we are that outward picture of Christ and his bride. And mm-hmm. so that means that we are going to be refined through that beautiful fire. And, and I know that that doesn't sound right in the same sentence, but it is a beautiful fire when you think <laughs> about it. Um, but it does make us holy in the end. You know, Josh, there's something I want to hit on and then I want to come back to something. But, you know, we spoke earlier about, you know, now you are able to speak life into other men, right? You're actually living this out. Enjoy, you know, we're going to kind of talk about how how you're moving into that as well. But um, you are actually, you know, working with men in groups and doing those things. And I know you mentioned that there are four steps to freedom, mm-hmm. so to speak, that um, that when you were reading that book, Wild at Heart, that really kind of came came to you, and now you kind of you kind of use that with other men. Let's hit upon that because that was so powerful, mm-hmm. and, and I think that those who are struggling need to hear that. Yeah. So let me let me start by saying this: if if what I'm about to say resonates with anybody who's listening or watching this, and um, our church does a men's hike twice a year, it's four days um, of adventure. Um, and if you're, once I'm done talking about this, if you're interested in coming on the hike with us, we would love to have you. Um, there's about 200 of us that go every time. And, um, but you can reach me at the field guide to freedom.com. That's the name of my new book. Um, and I would love to get you connected, but the, the hike itself. Yeah, you're right. It's based on the book wild at heart. And, uh, I, a friend of mine actually asked me to read this when I was like 23, 24, And uh, he addresses a lot of very potent topics in the book, one of which is father wounds and how we all have them. None of our dads were perfect. And so I I started reading that section of the book and I was like, this is garbage. My dad was around all the time. I I don't have any father wounds. Threw it to the side, never read the book. But now in this season, when my life had just completely fallen apart, I finally said yes to this men's hike. And uh, so I I, I said yes and I committed and I, I was submitted to the process, whatever it looked like. So I read the book. And wouldn't you know it, the more I read, the more I was like, this guy's on to something. Um, and so what we did at our church is we took the book Wild at Heart and we made a curriculum based off of the book. And there's four main topics that, that we talk about. One is uh, the poser and this idea that we all wear masks and pretend like we're uh, bigger, stronger, more spiritually strong, you know, whatever. We, we buy the fanciest car, live in the biggest house, have the newest model iPhone, all just to prove that we are man enough. And you could probably easily translate that for women as well. Um, but we all we all pose, we all pretend 
to be something we're not. And the, the, the key to healing that is to find yourself a group, a bunch of people, and finally take off that mask. And so for me, that, that was disclosure. And then I went on the hike and I, I shared with them for the first time on the mountain what I was walking through. And that was terrifying. Um, but on the hike, it was the first time that other than close friends that I was walking with, it was the first time that I opened up to anybody. And for so long in my life, I was afraid that if people really knew me, they would they would reject me. And so I finally took off my mask on that mountain. And wouldn't you know it, they didn't reject me at all. They said, me too. Um, so that's the first topic, that we have to live an authentic life if we want to overcome our shame, because we've all got it. The second part is wounds. And we've all, we all carry these offenses, wounds, things in our development that were missed. None of our parents were perfect. We carry wounds from uh, church hurt is one of the ones that I've had to process, feeling abandoned by the church when I needed them the most. Um, oh, wounds come from everywhere. But if we don't dress them, if we don't deal with them, they don't go away. They just become infected. And so we, we talk about this on the mountain. We, we Leaders are, are very authentic, very transparent, and they share the wounds that they've walked through or are currently walking through. Um, and then the third topic is validation. And this is the idea that I, I said earlier, how I, I was seeking validation from joy. In Jeremiah 2, 13, I think it is, it says, uh, God was speaking to the people of Israel. And he said, you've done two things wrong. First, you abandoned me, the fountain of life-giving water. And the second is that you have built for yourself bro broken cisterns, cisterns that hold no water. And that's what we all are. Like I was seeking validation from a broken cistern, not that she's broken, but she was not designed to validate me and tell me that I was a man. Only God can do that. And so um, speaking that into men so that we can seek our validation from a healthy source and not from women or possessions or success or whatever. And so really getting that right and solving the identity issue, knowing what God says about us. And all of that is meant to support the bottom line fourth point, which is we're engaged in a battle. There was a, I think it was a Barna study back in like 2005 or something like that, that said only 25 or 26% of Christians, self-professed, Bible reading, church attending Christians believe that the enemy is real. Only one in four. And so this fourth point is meant to drive that home, that we do face an enemy. And if you want to win in this battle, you need to address all the prior points. You need to live authentically. You need to heal your wounds. And you need to seek validation in healthy ways so that you can engage in the battle and win. Very, very true. And, you know, I'm always saying that if we look at the model of Jesus, when he was healing those, he would always address the mind, the body, and the spirit. It was not just the flesh. We, yeah. we fight a battle in our flesh. Paul talks about this, but we also fight the spiritual battle that is. Mm -hmm. And if we don't address both sides, then we're leaving one side unaddressed and the person is not healed as a whole. And yeah. so there are so many times in this field of you know, therapy and betrayal and all of this stuff that we only address the side of the flesh. And I think that's why there are so many that are walking around still in bondage because mm -hmm. we're not addressing the spiritual side. But when we marry the two together, we give that opportunity for all of a sudden there to be this beautiful healing that takes place. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad that you addressed that. So Joy, I want to ask you, 
on now on your side, you've come through this healing process, right? And you you're still kind of journeying through it. I think we all are still, you know, yeah. we still are kind of moving through this. <laughs> but you you also entered into a group and received some deeper healing, right? Um, and I've talked about it here on the broadcast many times. It's Betrayal and Beyond, and it's, you know, through Pure Desire Ministries, and they've got some really great um, studies there. And um, I know that you've gone through that as well. And what is it like for you moving into the next stage of where you're going to allow God to now take that pain and turn it into purpose? What does that feel like for you? Hmm. Um, honestly, I think it feels still a little uncertain yeah. um, in a lot of ways because we had a whole life, um, dreams and goals, and we we're going in a certain direction and like er, immediate stop, mm-hmm. everything changed. So it's been I think the last few years have just been entirely focused on healing. And as I ask God for vision or for purpose, um, I feel like um, previous to this year, he was just saying like, your job right now is just to heal. Mm. There's nothing. Cause I was looking for a new adventure, like fostering or something like that. And, um, and it wasn't time for that. It was, he wanted us to heal fully. And like you said, there's still, there's, I'm sure many years ahead of us of um, continuing to discover new areas that need healing and finding, finding new healing. But um, I think it was important to really be invested in that for that season and not be moving too quickly to the next thing um, before receiving as much as I could of that, um, especially before like pouring into other people. So I, I think, yeah. So I think a little uncertain and, um, I'm starting to feel more hopeful about what that might look like. Um, but there's definitely opportunities for so many opportunities for ministering to the women who are walking through this same thing which is so much more common than I ever realized. Um, and so there's, yeah, already been, you know, women that or couples that we've been able to, you know, meet with and talk to and, and encourage them on their journey. Um, and it's, it's not something I expected that we would be doing um, or be able to, or would want to, because <laughs> you don't yeah. want to relive the things that you walked through, but, um, but you also like God's given us this um, story to, and wants us to be obedient and um, you know, not let it be wasted. So we're uh. just only for our own benefit. Um, so uh, I don't know all that it looks like, but yeah, right now it's just small obedience. Um, I'm just taking it a day at a time still. <laughs> well, I love the fact that you said, you know, you were looking for the next adventure. And I think many times when we're trying to heal from something or trying to hide something, we're always looking for that next thing, right? It keeps us busy. It keeps us in denial so that we don't have to deal with the thing that's the elephant in the room, so to speak. Yeah. But 
allowing the Holy Spirit to just really speak truth in that and say, no, 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 it's a season of healing. This is something definitely needed, or it's the time to start walking into truth so that healing can take place, right? That's necessary because so many times I see people that are just rushing through. They're like, I want to, I want to be healed and I want to be healed now, right? But it it's not like that. Healing is a process. And I think that we need to recognize that. So Joy, I want to ask you, um, when it comes to speaking to someone, a woman who has been betrayed, and she's just finding this stuff out, like she's she's just been hit between the eyeballs with a two by four. Mm-hmm. What What's one thing that you would like to say to her at this point? Uh, I think one, one thing that you just kind of touched on and that was a sore spot for me for a long time was that idea that healing takes time. Mm-hmm. And for Josh, it felt like um, once his disclosure happened that he was like off and running, not immediately. Yep. He had some heavy, heavy, heavy days, yeah. but it felt like that broke um, yep. that was his breakthrough. It was up and to the right. Yeah. And so to be sitting by and watching that and, um, and there was a group already at our church for him. So mm-hmm. he was able to get plugged into some things pretty quickly. And, um, he has this, this story that really spoke to him is the story of the leper, um, who came to Jesus and Jesus healed him, made him clean. And he embraced him before he was even, um, physically made well, and he would tell this story and I'd be like, that's so nice. But I just felt like, like I'm being left behind. Like he's off and gone. And this is so unfair. Um, so in, in him constantly telling this story to people, um, I <laughs> constantly, <laughs> constantly. <laughs> um, I, I feel like God was sharing, um, and saying like, there's the other story of the lepers and, God said, like, your faith has healed you. Go, like, go show yourselves to the priests. And they were healed on the way. And so he's saying, like, you, you've got to start going. You've got to start taking steps. Like, you're mm-hmm. going to find your healing. I'm, I'm healing you on your way. That's good. But it it was not immediate. I mean, and it wasn't immediate for him, but it just felt so much slower for me. And that, the pain that you're in, even though like for months I felt like it was um, hard to access all of the pain. Um, But when I did, it was, it was a lot. Um, There was a lot of hurt. And so I wanted to get through it. Um, But so just um, I think acknowledging like the, the betrayed partner, it's often going to feel like that. Um, If your spouse is pursuing healing is pursuing recovery, is repentant, then they're going to be experiencing freedom like they've never, like they haven't felt in a really long time. Mm-hmm. And you are just at the beginning. So it's it's slow and it's hard and you can feel left behind sometimes. But mm-hmm. um, I think just to be encouraged that that's not isolated, you're not the only one that feels that way, and that it doesn't mean your healing isn't coming. It's just mm-hmm. different and you cannot compare. You can't compare your healing to someone else, you know, your marriage to someone else's, but you also can't compare between your spouse. 
because um, it just is an easy, easy way to start building up bitterness and resentment in that relationship. Um, yeah. And yeah. I'm so glad you hit on that because it's so many times women are like, it seems like he's walking in such freedom. And I'm like, well, the truth of the matter is the dump truck of secrets and lies and all of that stuff that they've been living with for so long and driving around has now been dumped all over you. And yes, they stepped out of the truck and they're experiencing these freedoms, but you're having to dig your way out. So it's two totally different stories, right? Yeah. And, and, and it's so true. And I'm so glad you hit on that because Women get discouraged when they enter into this. And I also want to just say before I get to you, Josh, that by saying this, you know, you you really reminded me that it's important to recognize when you reconcile with your spouse, you're not reconciling with the same spouse. Mm-hmm. Because many times we think, how will I ever be able to reconcile with the one who hurt me? How will I ever reconcile with the one who did all of this to me? How will I ever trust again? Well, you can't. The person who did that to you, you can't trust. And that's not the one you're reconciling with. You're reconciling with the new man, the new woman who who did betray you, yet has entered into repentance, true remorse, heart transformation. They Mm -hmm. are becoming brand new. That's who you're reconciling with. And on the flip side, the betrayed spouse also gets refined by fire. During this process, we recognize in ourselves that there are some things in the marriage prior to D-Day that were not right. And God needs to work on our heart just as much to refine us so that we can become the spouse that we desire. So we can have the marriage that we've always desired. So there on both sides, you both have the opportunity to enter into a new relationship with a new spouse, but yet you have history with, (laughs) you know, which is a why the relationship is so good on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. And it <laughs> is for those who go through the process. So, yeah. so Josh, let me ask you. Mm-hmm. There was one thing speaking to the men who are struggling. Maybe, maybe their wives don't know right now. Maybe they're they they just told them, or maybe they are months into this thing and they're like why is my wife not farther along in this thing in the healing <laughs> process what is yeah. something you would like to say to them oh i mean there's a lot of things that i want to say i'm a man of many words usually <laughs> um, but if, if i if it was just one thing I, I would say you're not stuck you're never stuck um and i talk about this a little bit in my book but advances in neuroplasticity show us that the brain is never done changing in the same way that your thoughts and your thought patterns and your behaviors were formed, you can unform them and you can form new habits and new new behaviors and new thought patterns. Um, and so you're not stuck. We all believe that lie at one point or another, usually for extended periods of time. And that's how we become stuck is that we believe we're stuck, um, but you're not stuck. Um, the only way to get unstuck though, is to start sharing to start living that exposed life, to submit. Uh, In the story of the leper, it's in Luke chapter five. The reason that that guy got healed 
is because he first fell at Jesus' feet. He said, Lord, if you're willing, I know you can cleanse me. Yeah. If he didn't fall at Jesus' feet, I don't think we would be reading about him. And then, like Joy said, yeah, Jesus reached out. And the Greek word that um, that uh, Luke uses there is heptomi, which doesn't mean like he, he didn't like pat him on the shoulder and say like, oh, they're there. No, it means he bear hugged him. He wrapped him in an embrace. This is a man who is filled with leprosy, as Luke says. And Jesus wrapped his arms around him before he was clean. And so come out of hiding, drop the mask, let people in. There is hope. Yeah. And what about, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you one more. What about for the one who's, you know, they're, they're months into this thing, right? They're mm -hmm. experiencing freedom. They are, they are truly walking this out. And yet they see their spouse still triggered sometimes, sometimes, mm -hmm. and they're frustrated because they just are like, why can't they be where I am? Or why can't things be any better? Josh, what, what would you say to them? Mm. Uh, you, you know, I've gone out for coffee with a bunch of dudes um, over the years and talked about this very topic uh, because it is so common. Um, but I think um, it, it's, a, it's a long road is what I always tell them. And God gave you the strength that you have for a reason. And to a certain degree, like, yeah, we, we can make theological arguments to say that this was the enemy that did this to us, or this is 100% our fault or a mix of the two. But regardless, your spouse, the one that Christ gave you, the one that you're supposed to give yourself up for, uh, is hurting. And you are positioned better than anyone else in this world to be a conduit of God's love to them. Mm -hmm. And if that means that you need to take their, their verbal punches for a couple of years, then so be it. But that's what God has called you to. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautifully said. But I'm, I will, I'm going to come on the tail end of that from the betrayers of the betrayed side and say that, you know, while we are in our healing process, uh, just like you said, we're not the, the betrayed, the betrayer is not stuck. Neither is the betrayed spouse. We have a tendency to believe this is my lot in life. I'm stuck in this. I'll never trust again. I'll feel this way. Right. But the truth of the matter is that we only stay stuck if we stay stuck in the narrative of the story. There comes a point where we have to move on from the narrative of the story and start to risk love again, to start to risk um, embracing again, and to, to step back into being a couple again. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, we need to be able to kind of get to a point where we start to let down the guard a little bit as well on our side. Would you not say that so, Joy? And when you got to that point, um, you know, I always say when I got to that point and I started, you know, really stepping out of the narrative of the story all the time and embracing the risk to love my husband again, that's where I started to fall back in love with him again. Mm. And I started to see him as the man that God was making him to be. And, um, you know, now I look at him sometimes and I go, wow, you're mine. You know, and I love that, that just love feeling. And, and, um, you know, Joy, what would you say to that? Um, I 
feel like my my journey well everyone's journey is unique but that's yeah. why I'm but yeah yeah I feel like um this first weekend when um everything was disclosed that um there was something that God had asked me to do that kind of mm. very quickly um changed my perspective towards Josh and allowed me to see him the way that God was seeing him and and not reconnect reconnect but but to connect in a small way um that was non-threatening so that we could we could kind of move forward from there without some of the bitterness and unforgiveness and um and so when um, when he first came home, um, I feel like God was telling me to wash his feet. And I thought like, this is the weirdest thing. Um, and I'm not, I, I thought it was just too weird. So I didn't do it. Um, but then, um, you know, a day had passed or something and, um, I had gone for a walk and was processing some things and then came home and Josh was, um, sitting and reading this devotional about the leper and um, was like really moved by it and was sharing with me about how, how dirty he felt mm-hmm. and, um, and how he had opened up this devotional it was about being clean. And he's like, I just want to be clean. I cannot shower enough times. And I felt again, just yeah. the Holy spirit prompting me to wash his feet. And I thought, this is, so embarrassing. (laughs) And, um, and so, um, I was like crying because I had this mixed emotions of like, well, just feeling the Holy Spirit's speaking to me. And then also this like delayed obedience. Um, and, um, so I, I told him, I was like, I don't want you to say anything, but I feel like it was like the least, it wasn't a beautiful anything. It was, I was like, I'm going to wash your feet. I feel like God told me to do this. Just sit there. And, um, and so I was washing his feet and I feel like in that moment, um, it was just this small way for me to, to touch him in a way that was felt like safe. I mean, he's got gross feet, but it was (laughs) safe. And, as safe as safe can be. And like, he needed to feel that touch and he needed that room, that like that ministry to him. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was not just for him because God is creative. He's a multitasker. And so it was for me, he was like, we're not going to even let bitterness, resentment or unforgiveness take root at all. Um, Like before any of that, before you have time to like, let any of that build up or develop like that is the submission, the submission piece of like submitting to whatever this healing journey looks like, however weird um, or uncomfortable it might appear to be that like this, I'm going to walk you through it. And, um, and there's something in it for you. This is not just all for Josh. Like in this moment, this may feel like this is for him, but this is for you too. This is for your heart. And so um, I think um, just in terms of reconnecting, it's it started there at the very beginning. 
if that makes any sense. Oh, absolutely. Um, What a beautiful portrayal of Christ, mm. right? And allowing Christ to actually move through you in that moment, because for you, it's a reminder that Jesus understands what it's like to be betrayed. He washed the feet of his betrayer, right? And at the same time, what a beautiful reminder, Josh, to you that Christ washed the feet of his betrayer, that his his love was amazing, right? On both sides of the coin. There were so many times that Jesus reminded me of so many things like that. And I think that that's where he does his deepest work is in the process of the journey. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you both really quick. Any encouraging words that you would like to share to those couples who are seeking to possibly restore their marriage after betrayal, what would you say to them? Hmm. I think for me, similar to the individual, I would say there is hope. Um, I think uh, we make bad decisions when we don't think there's hope. Um, and so the, 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 one of the first keys to recovering your marriage is going to be to believe that things can be different than the present. Um, and you might not be able to at the moment, but practically you can you can take steps towards um, surrounding yourself with people who perhaps have walked this road and have seen the other side or are still in it, but a little bit further along than you. Um, so I would say there is hope. Um, your restoration is is all but individually is all but guaranteed if you'll just submit to the process. And if both people in the marriage are submitted to the process, the marriage is all but guaranteed to recover. Um, but along the way too, and you said this earlier, Lisa, you have to grieve for what's been lost. Absolutely. Like, you cannot hold on to the marriage or the spouse you once had. There's, there's a new marriage and a, a new spouse, same person, <laughs> new spouse um, waiting for you. And you need to be on the lookout and hold on to that. But if you're holding on to what was, and you're trying to build what was, what was came crashing down for a reason. You don't want that. And so grieve that, like it's, it's a real loss, grieve it, but you need to grieve it and make sure you're focused on what is. Yeah. Beautifully said. Joy, any words of wisdom to a couple? Sorry, that was two things. Uh, no, that was good. That was good. <laughs> um, so many things, but I think um, many times through the process, it's, it's wearisome. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, um, I, good or bad, a characteristic um, that I carry is I, I fight for people. Um, and when that's not healthy, it just turns into I'm just fighting for myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm fighting for, you know, I'm fighting for control or um, to be heard, to be seen. But somewhere in Zephaniah, it says, not by power, not by might, but by mm -hmm. the spirit, um, that that is how we are victorious. And mm -hmm. so just remembering that like when you're weary, that God fights for us mm -hmm. and it can, cause it can feel like you're just, you're fighting, you're fighting, fighting, fighting. Um, and so you have to show up and you have to do the work and you've got to put it forth the effort, of course, but just taking that burden off of like God fights for us. And when we see victory, it's only because he was in it. Mm -hmm. So 
when we do the work and we've submitted to him um, and we allow him to fight for us, especially when we're so weary, um, that's that's when we can start to see those glimpses of, of victory. Mm. When we are weak, mm. that really is strong, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it is a partnership with him. It really mm-hmm. is a partnership. Yeah. So I know that there have been a few things brewing in the background. And so, Josh, I really want you to share with everyone a little bit about your book. And I would love for you to tell us where we can order your book um, so that people can kind of get plugged into that. I believe this is going to be a great resource that God's going to use in the hands of many. And then also, once again, just hit on that hike once again. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the easiest way to get the book or info on the hike, you can uh, message me through the field guide to freedom.com. That's the name of the book is the field guide to freedom. Um, so you can send me a message there and I'd love to get you connected to the hike um, to, to, to say that it is a life changing adventure in sweeping vistas and mountains and backpacking over four days. Like it, it is an understatement. I promise you. Um as far as the book, yeah, it came out uh, at the end of September last year. Um, it's called The Field Guide to Freedom. It's intended to be a quick read. Um, and it is, I'd like to say that it's written for both genders, uh, but it's, I'm a dude. It's it's written with a lot of military references. So it's written for men, uh, but it is applicable regardless of what gender you are or uh, even, even what behavior you are. I tried to include a lot of resources in there for breaking any bad habit or compulsive behavior. Uh, but it's, like I said, it's intended to be a quick read. Uh, it's meant to be kind of like the military field guides because I was in the Marines for four years. Um, and uh, there's a lot of books out there that uh, it's it's simply sharing the writer's story. And that has value. And I don't want to diminish that. Um, but when I was looking for books to read, to really gain an understanding on how this happened and how to like, where do I go from here? There wasn't really a lot out there. Uh, and so last year I felt prompted by God that like, I've got all these tools in my tool belt. I should put it into a book and share it with people. And so I did, and it sounded kind of crazy at the time, uh, but I did. So I wrote it. Um, it's uh, it's filled with practical insights, uh, a lot of clinical research. It's the whole thing is founded on biblical truths. Um, I used a lot of Old Testament Joshua invading the land of Canaan because um, there, there's so much truth in there about rewiring our brains. It is such rich territory. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so I, I kind of explain why it's so hard to break our bad habits and, and more importantly, some practical tools on, on how do we, how do we actually accomplish it? Um, so if you, if you need to break a bad habit and you don't know how, then this book I wrote, I wrote it for you. And so, um, I'd, I'd love to have you read it. Um, I'm working on the small group study guide that should be out hopefully in a couple months. So if you or your small group want to do it, be on the lookout for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, the field guide to freedom.com. Uh, I'm excited. I can't wait to dive in myself. So, you know, (laughs) I love to read and I always have um, so many books a year that I look at reading. And so that will definitely be one of the ones that I dive into this year. So I can't wait. And for the study guide as well. So I want to thank you both for today. You have, you have spoken life. You have given such insight and really helped many today just by being obedient to God and sharing your story and not allowing the enemy to um, continue to try to destroy, right? His job, so to speak, is to steal, kill, and destroy. And one of the ways he does that is to try to silence us so that we don't share God's glory. And God's glory is all through your story. 
It mm-hmm. really is because he yep. he has filled your lives with himself. And mm-hmm. he is a resurrecting God and he has done such a resurrection in both of you. And so thank you for your willingness to be here. Thank you for sharing. And I can't wait to be back with each and every one of you who are listening. We've got some great interviews coming up in the future, just like these two right here. So stay tuned. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you again really soon. Thanks for stopping by today and spending a little while with me. I hope you enjoyed today's show and found hope, healing, and encouragement. Please remember to subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. You can even screenshot this episode and share it on IG or Facebook stories. This is how we get the message of hope and healing out to all women who are in the midst of betrayal and loss. If you're ready to move out of the devastation of betrayal and take the next step in your healing, make sure to reach out to me and schedule your breakthrough coaching call today. Until next time, love God, live your life passionately, and always choose joy in the midst of any circumstance that you may face. Cheers to you, beautiful.